My name is J.W. Oker. I'm an author, and I like to go out and look for weird stuff. I call it oddity. For more than a decade, I've sought out oddities of nature, oddities of art, oddities of culture and history. I believe that within a tank or two of gas, of any point in this country, is some seriously cool oddity, and that we all should go check it out. This is Odd Things I've Seen, the podcast. All right, for this episode, I'm going to tell you about two different oddities that I have visited. And by different, I mean they couldn't be more different. One is a haunted tower, and the other is an abandoned Air Force base. However, what they do share in common is geography. They are neighbors right beside each other. You can't see one without seeing the other. You can't experience one without experiencing the other. And that's how I saw them. I saw them together. A couple months back, I was vacationing in a cottage on Cape Cod with my family, and we had a list of things to do. You know, mostly it was hanging out, going to the beach. Uh, I had a bunch of graveyards I wanted to see, some oddities, some murder scenes, all my usual vacation plans. And while I was there, though, I heard about North Truro Air Force Base, and basically that it was abandoned, which I love. I love abandoned sites, and the second I hear about an abandoned site near me, I get conflicted feelings (laughs) because I'm way too old to be tramping around abandoned places, trespassing at least, around abandoned places. So there's that part of me is like, oh, I really want to go see this thing. But do I really want to trespass? And of course, you know, I can't take my family. It's just going to be me. I got to do it at certain times. It becomes a whole big logistics and comfort level nightmare. However, for this particular one, the abandoned North Truro Air Force Base on Cape Cod, they had turned it into a park. It was a publicly accessible abandoned site. And that is the kind that I really love. (laughs) You can go see the beautiful ruin of a a complex and not feel like somebody's going to bust you. We decided to go see it. Uh, I'd seen pictures of it and looked like it had kind of wide roads down it. So I figured, you know, after one of our planned stops or planned, you know, activities for the day, we would go and just drive around it. You know, everybody was tired and after the beach, we wanted to go home and stuff. So let's just drive through this. It'd be cool. So we went to it and it turns out that there's a roadblock on the road about a quarter mile before you get to the Air Force Base, which means you have to walk that quarter mile, which means once you're there, you have to walk around all the roads and paths of this abandoned Air Force Base. And we just didn't want to do that. We were tired and I didn't want to like make the kids do all that walking. So I did this thing that I always do when, when that kind of thing happens to me with Oddity. I was like, if I really want to see this thing, I'll just wake up at the crack of dawn tomorrow and I'll go on my own. And then by the time everybody else has woken up, I'd already done it and it's whatever. I, I just scratched that itch. Of course, the next morning I didn't do that. <laughs> I got up late or whatever. And, you know, we had, again, we had our activities. We went to the beach. We saw a couple of graveyards, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. And then I had another site on my list that I was like, I kind of wanted to see. I didn't know exactly where it was. I didn't know if it was accessible. So I, I just wanted to scout it out, you know, to see if it was something we could see or I could see or whatever. And that was uh, Jenny Lynn Tower. This is the haunted tower. I'll tell you both the story of the tower and the Air Force Base as I get to them. But I wanted to like ease you into the story the way I got into it. So I had these GPS coordinates and we started following them. And we ended up at the exact same roadblock, quarter of a mile outside of North Truro Air Force Base. So here we again, I had this decision, the same exact decision. And I know I'd failed that decision once already. So I said, hey, listen, I know everybody's tired. Why don't you guys drop me off? I will walk by myself to see this haunted tower and to see this abandoned Air Force Base. You guys can go home, crash, eat, do whatever you guys want, and, you know, pick me up in three hours. 
Everybody was more than happy to agree to that. It was what everybody wanted. Uh, the only downside was my phone was really dead. It was dying. So that three-hour window was important. <laughs> I have somebody come pick me up because I couldn't call for them to pick me up. So they did it. They dropped me off. And then here I was with my dying phone walking onto an abandoned Air Force base by myself. And it was a little bit nerve-wracking. I mean, I, I knew it was a public property. The National Park Service owned it. So it was part of the Cape Cod National Seashore. Still, though... You know, you never quite know if what you read online is exactly right or if you missed a vital piece of information that you needed to have or I needed to have, I should say. So as I, wa- as I was walking this, you know, paved road, getting closer and closer to um, the Air Force Base, you know, I was getting nervous, getting a little trepidatious, feeling very vulnerable, very open. And as I got there, I started hearing people talking, which can be either more nerve-wracking or give you peace of mind, depending on who's there and why they're there. Turns out they were working. So I knew, so the abandoned Air Force Base is semi-abandoned. So it is um, now the home to a performing arts center that does uh, events sometimes. They do like circus circus performances, acrobatics, I think theater performances, that kind of stuff. And then even though the, the, most of the buildings were abandoned, it was still a functioning radar site, a joint radar site for the FAA and the Air Force, a big giant white globe of a building that was basically the radar. I think. I don't know nothing about that stuff, but I'm guessing. Uh, anyway, so I heard the voices and it was two, you know, two people behind this locked fence filling their cars and doing stuff. But as I got there and it opened up, I hit a crossroads. There was like a ball field on my left. There was open roads going both ways. And then in front of me was that locked gate. So you couldn't, there's there a section of the uh, Air Force Station that I couldn't go to. But, and this, this is what made me feel a thousand times better, there was a historical placard right there at the crossroads. So when I see a historical placard, I always feel better because I know that's there because they want the public to read it. <laughs> you know, it's not usually a private thing, these plaques, especially when I go see like famous houses that are privately owned. If there's a plaque in front of it, that means it's like a welcome mat. In this case, it was just a historical placard with an image of the base back in the day and, you know, telling the history of it. So let me, let me tell you that since I've been really vague about the oddities to this point. So North Truro Air Force Station is about 110 acres near the tip of the Cape. Uh, North Truro is pretty deep into the Cape. It's not quite the tip, but it's, it's pretty close to it. It was opened in 1951 and uh, was used. You know, it was an Air Force base. In fact, if you read or if you read Otis, I actually wrote an article about a UFO abduction site on Cape Cod. And North Truro Air Force Base plays a part in that story. But it lasted about... 40 years, you know, four decades. It closed in 1994. It was just not needed anymore. Uh, Like I said, the radar station itself was kept, but everything else was kind of shut down. These are administration buildings. There was an entire neighborhood of um, residential houses where the uh, base personnel lived. Those were all shut down. Uh, And then it was, like I said, given to the NPS to be part of the Cape Cod National Seashore. So I uh, stood there at that placard and read like this one paragraph of information over and over again because it just felt weird just wandering around where these people were working. Incidentally, I could see they'd had an event the night before, the, uh, the Performing Arts Center, and there was a stage set up on this baseball or softball field, and, you know, that's obviously they were kind of breaking down from the night before. It's only two people, but they were very busy. <laughs> they weren't there just to, just to gawk and meander like I was. So I sat there, and I was like, ah, I, I don't want to just pick a path, you know, who knows if I'll end up at another locked gate or what's going on. So I, I waited long enough that they took off, and then I picked a path. So remember, at this point, I was there to really see this haunted tower. I knew I had to walk through the uh, Air Force Base to see it. So I picked a direction. Um, I wanted to go to see that giant white circle. It, it's basically, or white sphere. It's like a mini uh, Epcot Center. <laughs> basically, it's a giant white sphere 
set up on a, a building. I'm sure it houses all that radar equipment, but it's really cool, really noticeable. If you look at it from Google satellite, it's just white circle right there. It's the most noticeable part of the uh, Air Force Station. And there was a road leading in that direction. I kind of used the map on the placard to kind of orient myself. And I started walking toward it. I didn't know how I'd get to the haunted tower. I knew it was in the forest around the Air Force Base. So I figured at some point I would use my GPS and you know, use my meager percentages of battery life on my phone to find it. But as I walked in the distance, I could see the white sphere and right beside it, or seemingly right beside it, this old looking castle-like tower. So it was just this weird kind of juxtaposition. Oh, I used the J word. Just this weird image of an old stone tower and a you know modern piece of technology just sitting right beside each other. So I'd found the haunted tower just accidentally wandering around. So I went up there and I saw the radar station. You couldn't get really close because that was one of those places that was had a fence around it and barbed wire and signs all over the place saying, you know, monitored and no trespassing and danger. But you get pretty close to that that white sphere. It's it's really kind of interesting. And then I just kept going around the fence. There was just big fence around that entire radar installation and the fence paralleled a forest. And I was walking the forest just and the, and the fence. And eventually I saw this little tiny goat trail. And I just took the goat trail and literally, I don't know, 50 steps in, a very short distance in, boom, a 19th century tower just right in the middle of the forest. Not even in the middle of a clearing. There was no clearing. It was like forest, 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 and then a foot of space and then this giant stone tower. This is the Ginny Lind Tower. Now, Ginny Lind was a famous opera singer in the 19th century. She's connected to P.T. Barnum. I think that P.T. Barnum musical used her pretty prominently. That, that came out, that movie, The Show, The Greatest Showman? I don't know. <laughs> the one with Wolverine in it. So she was a famous opera singer, connected to P.T. Barnum. He was kind of her, he did like manager and PR stuff for her. And it's called the Ginny Lynn Tower because of a rumor that she actually sang from the top of it, but not here in Cape Cod. To tell the story, we have to jump back to Boston. So Boston, 1850, Ginny Lynn is giving a performance at the Boston Opera House. According to the story, P.T. Barnum oversold the event. So a bunch of people showed up to hear this famous opera singer and couldn't get in the building. It was too small. The, the Boston Opera House was too small to hold these crowds. And they got mad and became a mob and a, and a riot. So to quell that riot, Jenny Lynn went to a nearby railroad station that had a, a tower on it. Actually, it had four towers on it. It was the Fitchburg Railroad Station there in Boston. And it had four castle-like towers at each corner. And the story goes, she ascended the tower. And she has performed there, right there in the air for all those people in the street. They were all happy. They got to see Jenny Lynn perform in a very unique way. And they stopped mobbing and rioting and went home. And, you know, music calmed <laughs> the beast or however they used to say that. That story is uh, not totally validated. <laughs> she definitely performed in Boston and P.T. Barnum definitely sold tickets for her and she definitely performed at the Boston Opera House. But whether, you know, that riot happened and whether she ascended that tower, th that's, that's a myth. So at some point, they tore down the Fitchburg Railroad Station. And then for some reason, and nobody really knows the reason, a very rich guy named Henry Aldrich wanted the tower. And, and according to the story, he didn't even care about Jenny Lind. <laughs> he just wanted this really cool medieval-looking tower, or one of the four. He just wanted one for his property out in Cape Cod. So he had them take it apart, ship it up by rail to Cape Cod, and reassembled there on his property. I think the original tower was like 90 feet tall. But the one that was assembled on, reassembled on his property for various reasons was shorter. I've seen anywhere between 55 and 70 feet as the estimate. Obviously, I've seen it with my own eyes, but I'm awful. Awful, awful, awful at estimating heights and distances and widths. <laughs> Every, everything is, I always just say it's always 100 feet. Everything's 100 feet. 
So anyway, um, and so this rich guy bought a tower. That's the entire story of why this tower sits in the middle of a forest beside an abandoned Air Force base on Cape Cod. In fact, the only real story of uh, Aldrich's family using it, really, was that they watched the total solar eclipse of 1932 from the top of it. So anyway, here I was. I was in the forest, and this giant tower looming above me. And the door to it was actually open. There was no door. It's a big hole inside. It had graffiti, as always. And then you looked up, and there was no stairwell. That, that was made of wood, and it rotted away years and years and years ago. And you could see straight through the top of the tower, just this massive tower in the middle of the forest. Now, earlier on, if you'll recall, I called it a haunted tower. Because here's where it gets really interesting. I love this story about the Jenny Lynn Tower. And again, keep in mind, Aldrich bought this not caring about Jenny Lind. So the fact that it's still called the Jenny Lind Tower and not the Henry Aldrich Tower is, is pretty interesting. To, to tell this story, I have to start with a different ghost. Just like to tell the story of this tower, I just start with a different city. To tell the story of the ghost of the Jenny Lind Tower, I have to start with a different ghost. So Cape Cod is known for its piracy. It was, it's a coast of New England, so there was pirates all over the place during the golden age of pirating. And there's one pirate in particular, a, a man named Black Sam Bellamy. He was known, he was like known as the gentleman pirate because he would, he was very nice in the way he stole ships. And he was very nice to his crew. He actually did once work the Blackbeard. So he was, he's one of the big guys, even though I think his career lasted like a year. All those pirates, all those famous pirates that we know of, all their entire careers were like one or two years. It was a very, very short window. But anyway, Black Sam Bellamy, he, uh, his most famous ship that he took was the Whiteup. Now, if you go to Cape Cod these days, there's two different museums on Cape Cod that are dedicated to the Whiteup. That's because the Whiteup was found in 1984 off the coast of Cape Cod. It was dredged up, all the pieces of it dredged up. So basically, their claim to fame is the only pirate treasure, actual legit pirate treasure ever found. I saw the first museum years and years ago, but you go in there and there's like cannons and cannonballs and like dishware. And then at one point you walk in front of this chest and they put pieces of gold in the chest and say, look, you're standing in front of a legit pirate treasure, which is a really cool effect. Since then they've opened a, I think that's in, that's in Provincetown. Since then they've opened a second museum in Yarmouth that's more immersive. I think they've built giant replica ships and all kinds of, I haven't been to that one, but again, very famous pirate of a very famous pirate ship that's very tightly tied to Cape Cod. And in fact, when the, I'm all over the place on this, right? Air Force bases, UFO hotspots, haunted towers, pirates, but it all comes together. So the Wida sank in uh, 1717. It was caught up in a nor'easter right off Cape Cod at midnight and was driven onto uh, a sandbar in very shallow water, 16 feet. And they were only 500 feet from the coast of Wellfleet. So very, very close. But just about everybody died. All but two of the White's 145-person crew bit it in Davy Jones' locker. 103 bodies were supposed to have washed ashore from that wreck. But the cause of that wreck officially was a nor'easter. But the myth of it is that it was a witch that caused that nor'easter to spring up when they were so close to land. And that witch was the lover of Black Sam Bellamy. Her name was Maria Hallett. The story goes that... And it, there's a few stories. The stories go that either she fell in love with him when he was visiting port at some point. He, you know, led her on or he did love her, one of the two. And then he left, right? His, his maiden was the sea. He had to go out onto the salty brine to live his life and left her alone. Uh, another story is that he got her pregnant and left her alone with a kid. And that she was ostracized by the town for, you know, having a kid out of wedlock, even though wedlock would have mean marrying a pirate. So uh, there's moral gray areas there. So anyway, she was mad at him, basically. And when she saw his ship, she did her witch, witch stuff and caused him and his crew, almost all of his crew, to die. 
she became a, a myth and a ghost, kind of like a banshee. So the idea is, every once in a while, the ghost of Maria Hallett will scream. And that scream will cause ships to founder off of Cape Cod. So she's almost like the anti-lighthouse, right? You, or anti-foghorn. You hear the foghorn, you know to be careful. You hear the, <laughs> you hear the scream of Maria Hallett, and you, you're doomed. So um, they call her the Witch of Wellfleet, which is a great name. One of the greatest names of which I've ever heard. So there's that whole ghost story. And where the Ginny Lynn Tower comes into play is that if the Witch of Wellfleet starts doing her screaming and starts trying to kill sailors, the ghost of Ginny Lynn will ascend that tower in the forest by, in North Truro and sing. Just like she mythically quelled that crowd in Boston, she gentles the screams of the Witch of Wellfleet. So she's a good ghost. You don't always get a good ghost story. I, ooh, that, that sounded weird. You don't always get like a, a good guy ghost story where they always cause damage and terror and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, here's this is Casper. We have Jenny Lynn. The ghost of Jenny Lynn is Casper. She's the friendly ghost. And not only is she friendly, she protects the people of North Truro, Wellfleet, Cape Cod, all that whole mishmash of salty, oystery Massachusetts. So anyway, this is one of those sites, the Ginny Lynn Tower, that you just go to, you see, you take some photos, and you're done. It's a very short oddity. Sometimes I think I don't spend enough time at oddity, that I just go see it, I photograph it, I look around, and then I'm gone, and then I, whatever, I've researched the story already, or I'm going to research the story. But there's really nothing to do. And remember, I had an entire abandoned Air Force station I wanted to see. So I came back through that short stretch of goat trail and found myself back at the fence. So I started following the fence, and again, it took me right back to that crossroads, to the softball fields, to that locked-off gate that blocked most of the main buildings of the Air Force Base. But I kept walking, and there was a, a sign saying that there was uh, wood trails, woodland trails you could take. So I went that direction, and I started taking the woodland trails. And I started seeing, you know, like, uh, sewer, what do you call those things? Um, manholes, manhole covers, like in the middle of the forest, right? Just It's a, it's a dirt path, and there's just a manhole to cover right there. Or just a section of giant iron pipe or whatever, giant pipe sticking out of <laughs> out of the ground and the scrub brush by the trees. Just signs of habitation long, long gone. But I, what I really wanted to see at this point was the neighborhood, the residential area. So I looked at my GPS map on my phone and saw that the woodland trails actually took you away from the neighborhood and just, you know, took you through the woods. That's why you take a woodland trail. So I doubled back and I started following the fence. I kept the fence on my left and just started following the fence. And soon enough, I got to the residential area. Now, the whole neighborhood, it's one neighborhood, basically, whatever, half a dozen houses, a dozen houses, I don't even know. Uh, but they're all behind a fence. So you have to like either climb over it or climb under it to get to the houses. And you could do that. There was more than one place where somebody had obviously dug the dirt out under the fence. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to do that. I mean, these are all just abandoned houses. And you can see them. They were literally the front doors or the back doors were, you know, feet away from the fence. Um, so I just started going past them, graffitied, overgrown. Some of them looked like it was a giant bush. The entire yard looked like one giant bush with a door sticking through it. So very evocative, very interesting. And then at one point, I started hearing voices inside the houses. And again, these weren't people that worked for the Performing Arts Center. They were, you know, they'd already left or their buildings are a different part of the um, station. These are people that just snuck in there. <laughs> so part of me thinks I made the right call to not sneak in myself. Um, I had a chance of either meeting kindred spirits or meeting people who were, you know, whatever, burying a body and <laughs> didn't want to leave any witnesses behind. But anyway, I just kept following the fence. You know, I found the neighborhood, but I realized you could you just keep following the fence around the entire station. And there's this little tiny, like, uh, I don't want to say the word goat trail too much. It wasn't a goat trail. It was this little tiny string of dirt that followed it. So obviously people had done this before. It didn't look like an official path. It wasn't wide. It was just this little, you know, line of dirt that you could follow. So I did that. And I followed it all around the neighborhood. 
I followed it and saw more of the buildings, more of the administration buildings and other types of buildings, whatever buildings you need on Air Force Station. They're, they're all visible from the fence. And then at one point, I saw the ocean. Just walking along this barbed wire fence on one side, full of abandoned buildings, this forest on the other side. And then in front of me, past a bunch of trees, was this dip of blue water. I knew this. I knew it was on the Cape Cod shore, but I didn't realize how close it was to the Cape Cod shore. So I found an offshoot road that went away from the station and toward the water and started taking it. And then just minutes later, I found myself on the top of like a hundred foot cliff. And I know I'm saying a hundred foot because I just said, I always say hundred foot, but I think in this case, it really was a hundred foot. And just this massive ocean, this massive empty stretch of beach below me. And I was terrified. I'm not good at heights. <laughs> I, get, I get the vertigo. But here I was on a, you know, on a stone cliff. I'm scared. But here I was on a sandy cliff. Like any second that stuff could fall down. I knew it. And I knew you're not supposed to get to the edge there. I did what I could. I took photos. I tried to like stretch my arm farther than I would take my feet. That, that whole thing. But it was an amazing sight and amazingly terrified. Because remember, they wouldn't find my body if it fell down for another at least maybe a couple hours when my wife came to pick me up, but she wouldn't know where to find me. She didn't, wouldn't know to look on the coast. She just dropped me off at a haunted tower, right? It was a bad, bad situation. So my life flashed before me, whatever, that whole, that whole thing. And I did what I needed to do to experience it enough to get out of there and went back to following the fence of the Air Force Base. And eventually it looped me all the way back around so that I was at that radar station and the path to the Jenny Lynn Tower. So somehow, just wandering around, looking through buildings, taking pictures, I walked around the entire Air Force Base. I think I, I did the uh, math back then, um, I think when I got back that night, and I think I ended up walking two or three miles, all told. So not bad. I mean, I'm super out of shape, and that's not bad for me. Although I will say, I have this special superpower where if I'm walking to see an oddity, I can walk for miles and miles and miles and miles. But if I'm just walking, I get out of breath in like 10 steps. It's, it was a fun, enjoyable time, a little sketchy at times. The cliff was sketchy. The people in the house was sketchy. I swear I heard animals at, at certain points in the forest. That was kind of sketchy. Breaking the people working at the performing, <laughs> performing arts center seemed sketchy. But it was a, one of the coolest sites I've been to. Uh, and now I'm like, a, I'm a evangelical when it comes to this one site. If you go to Cape Cod, sure, hit the beaches, do all the stuff you're supposed to do on Cape Cod. But definitely go take this walk. Walk around the entire Air Force Base. Go see the Jenny Lynn Tower. You just will not regret it. It might be my favorite spot on the Cape. And there's a lot of cool spots on the Cape. Also, I should say, um, just to give you guys more of a gauge of this oddity, that I allowed for three hours to see this. And it turns out I only needed about an hour. And that was it. An hour of my life. An hour of my vacation went toward this indelible memory of this amazing sight. All right, so I, what I will do uh, on notice, I will post pictures of the Jenny Lynn Tower, and then I will post pictures of my rambles around the Air Force Base Station so that you don't have to take my word for it. You can just go to Otis and see these photos, but I, they'll, they'll convince you to go there. I guarantee you, if you ever find yourself in Cape Cod and you've seen these photos, you're gonna wanna go there. Not because they're great photos, just because they reveal a really cool spot. I don't have anything new to push, all the usual stuff. Go to oddthingsiveseen.com, see those photos, but then dig around, check out my books, uh, check out the Patreon, and then, you know, go do other things. I'm J.W. Oker, and this has been an episode of Odd Things I've Seen, the podcast. <laughs>